1: Welcome back to America's Heroes Group. This time, our roundtable honoring World War II Navy veteran Harry Belafonte. Today is Saturday, April 29, 2023. April is Sexual Assault, Minority Health, and Autism Awareness Month. Our host is Cliff Kelly. I'm Sean Clemon, the co-host. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith. And our digital media producers, Ivan Ortega. Scotts are on a production. And, of course, our technical producer and studio engineer today. And filling in as an executive producer is Shakaya. Thank you for your service today. <laughs> we have a panelist on the line with us. That's Danny K. Davis, the Honorable Illinois 7th Congressional District Congressman and America's Heroes Group Advisory Board member, and Kirkland Burke, U.S. Navy veteran and military historian. And we're going to talk about honoring the life and legacy of World War II Navy veteran Harry Belfonte, a personal friend of Cliff Kelly. How are you doing, Mr. Davis? Honorable Davis, can you hear us? We got some silence right now. Some uh, go to Kirkland, Mr. Burr. Can you hear us? Hello. There you are.
0: This this is Kirkland. How you doing? Oh, I'm enjoying one of the best days of my life, and I hope you do the same.
1: I appreciate that. So we had a sad passing this last Tuesday. We had the passing of, of well, people. Many people don't realize is a actual World War II veteran, Navy veteran, sailor veteran Harry Belafonte. Um, So what types of things would you tell us as a historian about Mr. Belafonte and also his naval service?
0: Uh, Well, well, I know he he dropped out of high school uh, during the war to join the Navy. And unfortunately, I don't know what rate uh, he held in the Navy, Uh, but I do know he was uh, eventually stationed at Port Chicago, California, hmm. and he was sent there <clears throat> shortly after the disaster. I don't know if you're familiar with that.
1: I've read a little bit about that. Tell us about the Port Chicago Fifty. Uh,
0: Port Port Chicago was was uh, an am, ammunition loading uh, station. <clears throat> they, excuse me, they uh, loaded the ammunition onto the ships uh, that were taking part in the Pacific theater of war. And uh, loading ammunition is uh, an extremely dangerous operation. Uh, that and refueling are probably the most dangerous operations that, that are carried on on the ship. Uh, loading ammunition is a all-hands, uh, what they call an all-hands working party, and it's all-hands working party. Everybody mm-hmm. is involved in handling the ammunition except the captain. <laughs> uh, the, the one thing about those shells, though, especially like illuminating shells, they are extremely volatile. If you drop them, they could go off. Mm, wow. um, most of the sailors that were working, uh, load, loading the ammunition onto the ships, they were black Americans. Uh, they were not trained in loading ammunition. They gave them no training, gave them no special equipment no special gloves or anything. All the things that they should have done, it was not done. It eventually led to an explosion there that killed 320 uh, 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 people. That was the worst disaster on U.S. soil uh, during the war. Wow. And most of them killed were black Americans. Uh, And then shortly after that, as the smoke cleared, They turned around and wanted them to go in and do the cleanup uh, in terms of uh, removing debris and looking for basically they were looking for body parts uh, because a very small number were actually found intact. Um, And the Port Chicago incident, what happened was um, there was a group told to go to continue the operation of reloading after that. They refused until they were properly trained. They were threatened with uh, being charged with mutiny and everything. The bottom line out of that, there um, some went back to work. Fifty didn't. They were the Port Chicago Fifty, and they were eventually court-martialed, uh, given dishonorable discharges, and received uh, sentences. You know, they were sentenced to hard labor uh, at, at Leavenworth, hmm. uh, and that's. The NAACP protested. They even went as far. They went to uh, FDR. They went to Eleanor Roosevelt. Uh, they never got that reversed. Um, but and that, that's that's the Port Chicago incident. It's, and it's Port Chicago, California. Right. It, and uh, that location now is Concord, California. Mm.
1: And I remember that I read something about Belafonte described it as a miscarriage of justice and quote, he quote, this is a quote from him, the largest mass trial in naval history and a national disgrace. But what else do you have as far as he was,
0: he was uh, very active in protest about going back in that when he went, when he went there, he, he seems like uh, from, from that point, I don't know what he did prior to that, but it seems like uh, at that point, he became very committed to, uh, civil rights and then evolved into human rights uh, activists. Uh, and it kind of followed him through there. Wow. And I, I, I don't know if, if it had been mentioned, you know, he was very instrumental in organizing uh, the act, the, the celebrities, the Hollywood mm-hmm. celebrities and recording artists for the March on Washington in 1963.
1: Cliff Kelly was a good friend of Harry Belafonte, and he would tell us stories. Sometimes he'll take us out to dinner. I remember him telling us a story that at one point Dr. King actually had, was basically broke for the most part he was, when he was living here in Chicago. And Harry Belafonte, um, out of his own pocket, donated money to help him continue the work he was doing in civil rights.
0: Right. After he was assassinated, uh, Harry Belafonte actually had uh, taken care of, of uh, putting, putting aside funds, for the children's education he also was right there you know after he was assassinated remember uh well i don't know if you were old, old enough to be around then but they did go back and march in memphis and uh mrs king went with abernathy and right there harry belafonte was right there next to i believe it was yolanda the the oldest daughter leading the march And they wanted to finish what he had started. Wow. But like uh, the March on Washington, uh, he got, uh, naturally, he had Sidney Poitier with him. And uh, also, believe it or not, one of the uh, people that was very instrumental in helping get Hollywood celebrities there was uh, Charlton Heston. Mm -hmm. And uh, they had people like Paul Newman was there, Sammy Davis Jr., Marlon Brando, Rita Moreno, uh Burt Lancaster, Joanne Woodward. They, they, this was Hollywood royalty at that time. Uh Diane Carroll, Bob Dylan was there. Uh uh Peter Paul and Mary, uh Joan Baez, Ruby, well, you know Ruby d and see Davis, we know they were there. Yeah. And uh, Tony Curtis. This this was the elite of of Hollywood. Uh, gathered there, and and a lot of that time, now you, the only thing they talk about is Dr. King was there, but he was merely—I shouldn't say merely—but he was a speaker there. There, there was a whole event. It wasn't just him speaking.
1: And it was organized by by uh, A. Philip Randall, right. People think that was and and
0: and uh, uh, Bayard Rustin. Mm. So. Uh, but uh, and and he stayed active in in, uh, in civil rights constantly. He was always uh, helping the fund. Uh, I believe he he, he really funded uh, the organization SNCC, uh, the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, uh, because those groups didn't have any funds. Wow! And uh, he was always participating. He was always speaking out uh, for social justice and, and civil rights. I kind of separate the two. The, the civil rights movement dealt with the rights that you sh- that we should have in this country as Black Americans, guaranteed by the Constitution. Human rights are rights that you that you have based on the fact that you are a human being on this planet. Wow! So there there is kind of a difference in in those two.
1: Hmm. So Mr. Uh, Davis, he's, he's not going to be able to join us today, but we do have um, no less. Of, of an important person, our executive producer is Glenda Smith. Can you hear us, Glenda? Glenda, it's like we are. there you are.
0: Yeah,
2: Hey Sean. How are you?
1: Pretty good. So wonderful,
2: Mister Kirtland. Thank you so much um, for calling in and giving a total perspective of who uh, Mister Harry Belafonte was. Not to only as a civil rights advocate, but he served this country. And and I was sort of shocked when I was looking at the news of his passing that no news outlet really mentioned that I'm like, okay, did you not know, or was it not important to you? So we as a country are really going to have to understand the importance of veterans and the fact that they have served and they earn every right to be recognized period. So, Mr. Kirtland,
0: thank you I so much. When they when they just uh, when they talked about hidden figures, we uh-huh. have hidden history.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, we do, uh, sir. So,
0: supposedly, when when uh, Clint Eastwood made his film about uh, the soldiers at Iwo Jima, right,
2: sir, right. And, right, and he
0: didn't he didn't include any black soldiers. And when they brought it up, he made the statement that. He didn't think that any of them were there. And he said it because all the war movies he had seen, he never saw any black soldiers in it.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so it's
0: kind of we have, we have been omitted from history. And, and these things, and, and I hope people that are listening, if you have children, grandchildren, tell them. that If you don't tell them, nobody's going to know in a minute.
1: Now, Glenda, I wanted, to, I wanted to switch gears a little bit because you and your family, you had a person that passed away recently. And tell us about your story and what happened. Like, I so know you're out of state right now. You're normally with us here in the studio on a Saturday. Right. You know, yeah. remember the days we used to drive all the way up from, was it, was it Tennessee or Kentucky?
2: Kentucky. She, drive, yeah, she drove so, all
1: the way from Kentucky to do the show on Friday night after the show, would drive back to Kentucky to take care of her mom. Yeah,
2: because at that time she was... Um, my mom had um, stage three cervical cancer, and she was going through chemo and radiation. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, to just end off of what Mr. Kirtland just said, that's why America's Heroes Group was started. Cliff and I got an understanding, and I praise God for giving me the epiphany to, to share with Cliff that veterans were not not really talked about, wasn't, weren't being discussed, particularly black veterans. So, so I had the pleasure of meeting Mr. Harry, Harry Belafonte twice at St. Sabino during uh, Black History Month. The first time, I told him from my heart, thank you for your support, your time, your sacrifice from your family in supporting Dr. King and the Civil Rights Movement protesters. Because now let me segue to my dad. Growing up in Mississippi in poverty and Jim Crow, he didn't have a chance to become educated like we have now. They were sharecroppers, so they were working to put food in their mouth. He picked cotton as a young boy to help provide in that way. As he grew older, he became more aware of inequality and things that were happening to them, in particular in Mississippi, and he decided to take a stance. Back, and we're talking about the 60s, when it was ripe, raw, and very, very, very dangerous, he took that stand on behalf of everybody, himself, his community, his family, everybody else, and protested directly with Dr. King, directly. He was there. Directly, he went to jail. Directly, he was involved until he decided to come north, like so many blacks did, that black belt, as they called it. He moved from there, came to Detroit. He moved in with his brother, his older brother, and started working at a company named Fitzsimmons. He got married to my stepmom. They had two children. I'm the one of three. I'm the oldest my dad was determined that his family would see better days than he had in his humble beginning i'm college educated my sister's college educated and so is my brother so to that fact we're talking about a man that had limited education picked cotton in our cotton field came north and and decided that was my beginning that's not going to be my end so he worked 30 years at Fitzsimmons. It's a automotive uh, parts company. Became a union steward, number one. Number two, he started and ran a successful landscaping business for over 30 years. And I learned, I learned he had over 250 customers. Number three, he was such a... A family man to the fact that the nieces and nephews looked at him as either that big brother or that father figure and they knew if a financial crisis came up they could call on him and he would show up not only for them but he did that also for sisters and brothers so he retired after working those 30 years and running that successful uh, landscaping business part-time he, he, he retired down and then he had Real estate. He was an owner, to my understanding, through my brother, of 14 houses. So there are no excuses because my dad set the standard for my brother, my sister, myself as a no-nonsense. And I mean, he was that disciplinary. <laughs> no nonsense. No excuses. I'm not going to listen to the BS because if I could do it from back then with nothing, you all can't come to me with that. Supported education. Well, he made sure we got what he could not get because living in the South denied housing, denied education, denied everything because of Jim Crow. Segregated to the point you there was no schooling. So based off what he could get, he came north. And look how God blessed him. So we celebrated him yesterday. And then to listen to the community people say when some of their family members would come out of jail or out of prison. They came to Mr. Longstreet and got a job at working in his landscaping company because what he said to them was, that's your past. I can give you a new start if you want to. I don't care about your past. I care about your present. So if you want a new start, I can work with you. And that's who he was. They spoke so highly of the fact he embraced that community and gave so many of their children's jobs through his landscaping uh, services. So I, we, we celebrated him. But, of course, it's just – It feels like right now, like a max, something is standing on my heart. Mm. But, but God, but God.
1: When did he pass? I
2: I appreciate God giving him to me for 79 years.
1: Mm. When did he pass away? Because
2: he didn't suffer. He had a massive heart attack almost three weeks ago. Wow. We had to decide to unplug him because nothing was functioning, and everything was shutting down, so God blessed him to ease out in a easy transition so
1: and I think it's important what more can listen. I
2: say about somebody who I respected, i loved I, I i i when I say fear, I mean like the God of fear like he didn't try to be buddy buddies, and I'm your friend, he was that old fashion school dad I'm your father I'm not your friend so all three of us knew don't cross him because he would not tolerate it he he was just he was no nonsense if you was doing something constructive he had your back all the way but you weren't going to waste his time and you weren't going to waste his money he was just about the business of being about business so that's Who my dad is, that's who he was, and that's who I celebrate Sean, because that tough love of not allowing me to give him, especially when I wasn't really focused and really doing what I was supposed to in school, and he just, it was just, he didn't didn't tolerate trying to listen to any excuses. You didn't come to him with the, oh, well, you know, the white man excuse and, uh oh, oh he, didn't, he didn't want to hear that. He didn't want to hear that. He wanted to know what are you going to do and what are you doing and how are you going to get there. That was the bottom line.
1: So, Just like so many veterans across the country, adversity often, oftentimes breeds leadership and also breeds that perseverance, I, that spirit absolutely. of ownership and that, absolutely. that, that, that so dedication. Absolutely.
2: So I think I – think, Mr. Harry Belafonte because when my dad went to jail, my mom went to jail, my auntie went to jail and protesting down there, it was his money that bailed them out. Wow! It was his money that bailed out any protesters that went to jail during that time. So in a moment of silence, I recognize, I honor Mr. Harry Belafonte and my dad, Mr. Charles Oliver Longstreet Sr.
1: This is America's Heroes Group.